0: Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Bee hood uh, podcast. Well, this is actually Things and Stuff with your boy, Brian Hood. Uh, this is a pre-show for the Bee hood podcast. Before we get into the actual uh, episode, just wanted to get you guys caught up on a couple of things. Um, number one, as... I'm sure a lot of you are aware If you're fans of the Spokane comedy scene uh, We lost a A very Bright shining star In the Spokane comedy community uh, Tony Russell And um, I know we're all impacted by this I know I am I know that he was um, Struggling with dark thoughts, and he talked to me quite a bit about it, and I tried to be there for him and stuff, but you know that people in those situations, like, they're, it's very common that they would be, um, that they would, like, exclude themselves from things and you know kind of be in private and things like that and i think that if anyone had like any inclination we would have done anything we could to to get him help you know but you know it happened um he took his own life he was a he was a very sweet guy always very encouraging to everybody always had a lot of like tips to give people always the first to give out hugs and is excited to see you excited when you get you know a new show or or something going on he supported local shows he was just a very like warm and and nice guy in the comedy scene and of course very hilarious comedian as well that's one thing that I that I was kind of always sad about is that he always undervalued the what he had to offer the world you know, because he was very talented, and he could have done, you know, anything he wanted to, really, in my opinion, Um, but he was always the first to be like, oh, I'm not good enough for that, I don't have enough time for that, you know, stuff like that, and I'm like, dude, you're really good at comedy, man, you're, you're very, you're probably a lot more capable than you even realize, but yeah, uh, he worked at the club, everyone loved him there, Everyone loved him in the comedy scene, so he's definitely going to be sorely missed. Um, As I expected, they are doing a memorial show for him at the Spokane Comedy Club, which is going to be on Monday the 27th of January. It is free admission, they're accepting donations at the door, and there's a silent auction after the show and all of that all of those proceeds are going to help his family uh in this time so if if you guys can help with that if you want to see the show if you're a fan of his or whatever you don't you don't need a reason if you want to go and just experience what it was to know him then you definitely can if there's still space at the show Uh, I expect that it will probably sell out, but I don't know for sure. I know that I've already reserved um, tickets for me, my wife, and my mother-in-law. So we will be there. And, um, yeah. So, Tony, he was a veteran and he had uh, struggled with uh suicidal thoughts he had uh post post post-traumatic stress disorder you know he was going through a lot of things and he was open with me about a lot of those things um seemingly more open than you know maybe kind of the general public because he knew that i was uh trustworthy and if he wanted to keep things Uh, Private that I would, you know, though more than likely at some point, you know, he would open up about it to everybody. But I know that I had a lot of conversations with him about that. And um, up until recently, I felt like he was really good about letting people know, getting help, things like that. But obviously he was going through a struggle that no one really foresaw the consequences of. So I just wanted to encourage anybody, if you're having a hard time, if you're having dark thoughts, you know, um, we all do really in, in, in different degrees, you know, and that's normal. But if you are actually thinking of, of harming yourself, I, I know that my mom talked to me a bit about it. Um, she was telling me that at one point she was trying to find out a way that she could do it to where, like, to where it wouldn't hurt any of us. To where, I don't know, like it looked like an accident and we wouldn't be upset by it and blah, 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 Like she was just thinking, like trying to think of a way that she could end her life without it being a detriment to us. And she couldn't figure it out. So she didn't go through with it and she went and got help. And um, if you're having any kind of thoughts like that, I mean, at least go and talk to somebody, you know, if not to the degree of checking yourself into a hospital, you know, call... A number I don't have one but, uh, with me right now, but there's plenty of numbers. You can call and talk to somebody. You can go and talk to a doctor, or you can, if it's to the degree where it's necessary, you can go check yourself in to a hospital. You know, take a little break from the world and maybe get yourself on medication, whatever whatever is necessary. I know you know yourself better than I know you, so just take the steps that feel appropriate because there are people in the world that care about you. And... Would be really sad to see you go. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's the thing that's been weighing on my mind the most. I have a few other other things that I've been thinking about. Um, I am considering doing, um, a podcast about Tony. Um, I had an idea that I've been tossing around that I think would be nice for the community. But, um... Just actually getting it going feels a little daunting at the moment because I feel like it's going to be like, I mean, I'll be honest, it feels like it's going to be like um, emotionally kind of taxing because I don't feel like it's really sank in for me quite yet. So I think I'll probably revisit the idea of it after... Memorial show, and I'll probably have you know fresh eyes and a a clear head, or maybe not. I don't know, but I think we'll jump right into the episode. Um, This is a a topic that has been an interest of me throughout my whole life, and even more so as of recently. Uh, It's the concept of fear, you know. What is fear? What's rational to fear? What's irrational to fear? What what are the phobias out there? And I take a look at it in, in a lighthearted headspace in, in the majority of the episode, but it's just something that I've been interested in. So if you're interested in it as well, then definitely jump in and listen. I feel like it was pretty fun and that I actually did learn quite a lot about uh, f- uh, fears, phobias, and myself uh, and my family. I learned a lot. Uh, just by going through the the topics and details that I found uh, during my research. So definitely have a listen. Let me know what you think. Uh, And I appreciate you guys coming back either way. Um, Talk to you later. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bee hood podcast. I am Jaboy, you're Brian, uh, it's a good intro. This is, uh, your host, Jaboy Brian Hood. And, um, This episode's going to be a solo episode, so there's no guest on this episode. If you're hoping for a guest, then just imagine that I'm not talking to myself and that there's somebody more interesting, or maybe that I have split personalities or something like that. Maybe that can count as a guest in your mind. That's fine. Uh, Either way, continue to listen and uh, force yourself to enjoy it. Thanks. I appreciate your uh, obedience. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, So, this particular episode, I've been going a little bit away from the solo episode formats as of recently. So, like, technically, the last episode I released was kind of like a solo episode, but it was a special episode. So, not really, because I did have uh, a guest on it. Uh, So, this one is going to be a strictly solo episode, just me, and I'm going to be talking about a topic. Uh, It's a topic that's been interesting me. Interesting me? Interesting me. Is that right? I've been taking interest in this topic as of recently. So wanted to talk about it. Uh, but but before I get into that, the behood podcast is a couple of things. Uh, first of all, it's your way of keeping up with me and my life in and outside of uh, comedy. And then secondly, it is, well in this instance, uh, a learning experience for hopefully all of us. Um, I will say I'm not uh, an expert really in anything. Uh, I dropped out of high school and got my GED. It didn't go to college. I have life experiences, and so I'm not trying to really teach anyone anything. We can learn together, but I'm not a teacher, that's for sure. Uh, I'm just talking about things that interest me, and hopefully you guys, you know, are interested in them as well. I would hope if you're coming to listen that you are. Uh, The rules of the podcast, though, are pretty simple. Be open, be honest, and above all else, just be you. So I'm going to try to follow those rules myself. Should be pretty easy. I'm usually myself most of the time, unless I'm, like, role-playing in, like, a video game. I don't usually do it in the bedroom. Not really into that. But, yeah. Pretty good at that. Uh, So the topic for this episode, though, is fear. Uh, It's something that I've always actually put a lot of thought into in my life. Uh, Particularly the thought that I put into it is avoiding letting fear control me pretty much like at all. Um, I don't know why I was worried about it so much, but I felt like, I felt like fear limits people. It limits your experiences. It makes it to where you're, you're letting something get in the way of living life to the fullest. And that's why, you know, like I try not to give into peer pressure, Particularly, because I don't think that that really makes sense, but if if there's something that would be a fun experience or I have no reason not to do it, then I try not to let fear uh get in the way of things now <clears throat> uh i there were a few things that I learned about fear like most most of this is going to be talking about the negative aspects of fear. But I did want to talk about some positive as- aspects of fear. And again, this is going to be my opinion. You don't have to agree with it. Just know that you're wrong because I'm right about everything. Um, now, uh, number one, I am uh, Christian. I try I try to be uh, a good person, that kind of fun stuff. Um, I do believe in, you know jesus christ and all the things that are talked about in the bible i'm not the best about following through with that you know uh but i do try to kind of in general try to be a good person and everything and one thing that's talked about a lot in the bible is uh fearing god uh uh they put the fear of god into you blah, blah blah that's what they talk about a lot and i know that from an outside perspective that probably sounds pretty bad But, at least in my own opinion, I feel like it's a pretty beneficial thing. um, Because, generally, you fear things because of the power that they represent and because of the respect that they demand. So, when it comes to God, really, if you believe that there is a, uh, you know, an omnipotent uh, God, I was going to say thing, but God's a good enough description, that created everything, including you, then that is something to be feared. Obviously, he's in control of everything. Um, so you should recognize that authority, and fear isn't supposed to guide you in, from what you see from the Bible. Fear is supposed to drive you towards God, and then love is what drives you from there, right? And I feel like it works the same way, actually, in a parenting relationship. I remember growing up, Like, the way that I always felt like it worked in, you know, a traditional household where you have a mom and a dad, is mom is usually the more loving one, and uh, dad is more of the authoritative one, he's the one that you fear. And that's the way that it actually worked a lot with my family. My mom was always very loving and caring, she's always uh, been that way, she's always been very maternal in some ways, not always. But especially when we were, like, little kids and everything, she's been taking care of kids her whole life. I think now she's, like, a nanny or something like that. Uh, still, uh, she worked in, you know, child care, like, uh, at daycares and stuff like that. And preschool and that kind of stuff for her entire career outside of some short stints working at, like, a gas station when I was really little. But she may have also been working in child care at that time as well. But that's what she's always done, right? And she wasn't really a voice of authority in my life. So when my parents were still together, because spoiler alert, they did get divorced at one point. Um, But when they were still together, my mom, what she would say to me all the time is, you wait till your dad gets home. He's going to hear all about this, right? Because my dad worked as a lot of dads do. And he worked a lot. He would come home. Basically, right before I went to bed, one of the memories that I had as a child was actually my dad coming home and he would uh, he worked in the air Force, right? so he worked on airplanes and he'd tell us a lot about airplanes and one thing he would do is when when he got home, it was already bedtime a lot of the time. so he would fly us to our beds, so we'd wait for him in the living room and he would grab us and he'd go like, "Wow," and he'd put our arms out and we'd be in an airplane and he'd fly us into our beds and then we'd go to sleep, right. So, in that instance, you know, when she said that, she'd be like, oh, you wait till I tell your dad. And that would make us afraid, right? That'd make us scared, because he's the one that enforces things. He's the one who spanks. He's the one who divvies out punishments, right? So, I had this fear of my dad, which I feel like it's not necessarily a bad thing. I feel like it's a bad thing if you fear them for a very specific and negative reason like every time you see your dad he's drunk and he smacks the shit out of you that's a fear that's definitely unhealthy and if that did happen to you then i'm very sorry not that i had anything to do with it but i can be sympathetic to that situation because it's screwed up and it shouldn't happen to anybody right but you know if he's the one that deals out a, pun- uh, a spanking or whatever i'm not against that conceptually um you know Spare the rod, spoil the child, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, I, I I do feel like that kind of punishment isn't always necessary, but there's different degrees of things uh, that developing human beings need. And again, you can disagree with me, just know that you're wrong. Um, but yeah, I remember having that fear of my dad, and I remember at some point kind of wising up to it, because my mom would very often forget to tell him about the things that she said that she would, and things like that. So a lot of the times you know, I'd kind of get a little um like I said, I'd wise up to it and I wouldn't be too worried about it. But that was that kind of uh experience that I had with my dad. And it was all the way actually growing up as well. There was a certain level of fear there that still remained because he always was, you know, he always was a tough guy to me. Like he always felt like a tough guy to me. He knew how to work on things. Uh, he would get hurt, like, gruesomely and, and hardly react to it at all. Uh, he, there's a couple of times that he had his head cut open because there's these stupid little things that stick out of the bottom of planes that he would just forget were there and then they gash his head open, you know, and he would be not too bothered by the fact that he has a big gash in his head. Not that I was there when it happened, I, you know, but I'd see him at the hospital uh, or after he got stitches probably more than likely. I'm not sure we rushed to the hospital for those kinds of things. But I remember that about him, that I thought that basically he could handle anything. And that had a lot to do with the way that I approached pain and fear and things like that. It didn't seem like he was really afraid of very much. Uh, I did learn though, as I got older, there were things that he feared. he, uh, He fears heights. I know that about him. And I think he's a little claustrophobic, if I'm remembering correctly. But at least at a bare minimum, I remember that he fears heights. But I know that one time we were traveling and we went through Phoenix and there's a little amusement park in Phoenix and there was a roller coaster on it and I wanted my dad to go on it with me and that was back when I had long hair and he had long hair too because he had gotten out of the military and the first thing he did was grew his hair out because they wouldn't let him in the military and you hated that right he was in the air force so I remember he was willing to go on this roller coaster even though he was terrified of it uh, I think he also went on a Ferris wheel with me one time, and both instances were exactly the same. He shut his eyes, completely shut as tight as he could so that he could basically ignore the fact that he was getting high up in the air. And he sat there terrified until it was over, and then he opened up his eyes again. So I remember I actually bought the picture, because you know how they take a picture of you uh, when you're on the roller coaster? I think that one had like three loops on it or something like that, and in one of the loops. It would take a picture of you. And I remember I bought the picture because it was so funny. Because I had my eyes open. I was screaming. I was having fun. My arms were up. I think we were upside down. That's when it takes a picture is when you're upside down in one of the loops. And my dad was just, his eyes shut as tight as he could. Curled up in a ball as much as he could. Looking like maybe he was taking a poop in his pants. Like that's kind of what it looked like to me. And I thought it was pretty hilarious. And I respected him for doing it. You know, doing it for my sake. You know. So I bought that uh, picture of my dad and i don't know where it is now who knows but i remember being very amused by it at the time but yeah those are two instances where i think fear have like a benefit you know there's a certain level of respect with it with it like for instance you got you have to fear authority i feel like because it has Authority over you, like you should have a certain level of respect and fear. Well, it's probably gonna be—it's a bad take or a hot take, I don't know. But for like law enforcement, for instance, like you shouldn't really be afraid of them, but you should somewhat fear the authority that they provide. I think that everybody does, whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you you know feel like you have privilege or you're in a situation where you should feel more nervous than the average person. Either way you're going to have that certain level of fear because of what they represent, which is, you know, a ticket or potentially going to jail, especially if you know that you were doing something wrong or it could be perceived that you were doing something wrong. All right, I think that's fairly straightforward. And those are instances where I feel like fear is necessary, um, if not beneficial. But in most instances, I feel like fear isn't beneficial. I feel like it holds us back, it limits us. And that's my own perspective on it. And I've, I've railed hard against it my entire life to the point that it's actually had some detriment to me. It's had a lot of benefits and I'll talk about that, but it's had some detriment to me as well. Uh, and now that I'm an adult and I've had a lot of experience with it, uh, when I found, um, found, it's a weird way to say it. When I met my wife, we learned a lot about each other, right? Obviously. Um, And I found out that she is very different than me. Uh, A lot of things that that don't bother me, that I'm not fearful of at all, she is very fearful of. And I feel like it is with her a fair amount of top behavior and some of it that she came across honestly. Um, For instance, she does not like water. She can swim. She allows our kids to swim, but she is fearful of water. She's always very diligent to watch over the kids and everything. And I grew up in water. I I grew up in Arizona, which I call the land of a thousand pools. You know, there's pools in like half half people's backyards. They have public pools on like next to every park. You know, because it's always warm, right? So why not go swimming? It makes sense. So yeah, I grew up in that area. I knew how to swim at a very young age. I'm a very strong swimmer. So that helped her with that fear because she knew that I would never let anything happen to our kids. I would always be there for them. I'd always go out and grab them. So we could do things with water and she wouldn't be too afraid, but there still would be that level of fear and anxiety that's always there because of something that, that I believe personally, and you can, they, if they listen to it, they might not be happy to hear it, uh, but it was kind of semi-taught to her by... Her mother. Her mother is very fearful of water, to to a degree that is further than her. So it's it's good that she was able to kind of distance herself from that. But that fear still exists. And there's other things as well. And in these instances, um, this, these are, I believe, rational feel fears. You know, to a certain degree, but they might be exaggerated in terms of the the worry that's placed on them. But yeah. Uh, there's other things as well like for instance when our um when our youngest was actually when all of our kids were little uh we were very diligent about cutting their hot dogs in half the long ways because there was people uh people whose children we know we had known or heard about or whatever i don't know the exact details behind it that had choked on hot dogs or whatever because obviously you give hot dogs to kids because kids like them fairly straightforward right but they say like this is something that her mom said, and she would say to me as well. Hot dogs are the perfect shape of a, of a kid's throat. Like if They can so easily slide back in there and get stuck in their throat, so you have to cut them in half the other way or whatever. Which, I'd never heard of that happening, I'd never experienced that happening, but I respected that anyways, and I would do it to alleviate their... Uh, anxiety and fear over it why wouldn't I I mean I think it's a simple respectful thing to do right and I did that for the longest time and I know that even as of recently I was making uh, mac and cheese and I don't do that anymore because our son is five now and she was like you didn't cut them the right way I said he's five now I'm pretty sure he's big enough to not do that or whatever and if he does start choking I'll put my finger in there and I'll pull it out or whatever which I have done before you'll hit their back or you can reach in and pull it out or whatever I've done that because kids will choke on stuff sometimes there's things you can do right obviously and she still seemed bothered by it which I was surprised that was recently that was like maybe a week ago two weeks ago that she said that and I was actually surprised because I don't I, I stopped cutting them up like that when he was like I don't know three four something like that right but again, that that still exists. And she's the same way with a lot of other things as well, like uh, driving cars. She... This is a really strange thing, actually, because uh, she's a very cautious driver, which I think you should be, uh, but she is always seemingly afraid when she's in the car that something's going to happen, an accident or whatever and obviously a lot of people do get hurt in car accidents. Makes perfect sense to me to be afraid of that particular thing because yes, accidents do happen, people do get hurt. It's the highest cause of death in America is car crashes so it makes sense to be afraid of that I definitely understand it, right? But it's to a degree that actually fucking irritates me Uh, like, one thing that she has a habit of doing things that literally logically make no sense for her to do. Like, if I brake a little bit, like, too uh, late, according to her or whatever, you know, she will lock her arms up on the front of the car, like, bracing for impact when we're f- super far away from the car ahead of us. Not n- like We're not gonna hit it. It's not gonna happen. But she will still do that. And I will say, I'm not gonna, like, why do you do that every time? We're, I'm, I'm nowhere close to even touching another car and you're like freaking bracing for impact why are you doing that and then she was like i don't know it's just a reflex i just do it and i was like and do you realize that by doing that you injure yourself more it will literally like if we actually get in a high impact car crash both of your arms will break they will break probably right there at your at your elbows because you're doing that there's a reason why you're wearing a seatbelt. let it do the job why are you doing that And that's the reason why drunk people always seem to, like, come out unscathed from car crashes or whatever, you know? Because they don't do that. They don't stick They're like, they probably are, like, they're, they're so out of it that they just flop around. And that, unfortunately, gives them, like, a superpower when it comes to getting in car crashes, even though they are the number one reason for car crashes, you know, outside of being distracted or whatever. I don't know the statistics. I didn't print out anything about that. But still... Uh, And again, I understand that, but she does crap like that. Uh, Also, we live in the Northwest where it snows, where it gets cold, so there's ice and there's snow and stuff like that, so then she gets extra scared when it comes to those things. She doesn't want to go places when it's snowing. She wants to take different roads. She doesn't want to get on the highway. And again, I understand all of that, because I do see car crashes from that. I do see people flying off of the highway, being careless, going too fast. I feel like I am pretty careful. I'll slide from time to time, you know, because ice exists, you know, and... Despite all of the precautions that you take, you know things will still happen. Uh, but I feel like when you do slide, then you should know that you need to take a extra degree of caution in that sense. But again, I understand it. And her her fears, though, will get sometimes to an irrational level. Um, like for instance, we can't watch scary movies anymore. We used to be able to watch scary movies when we first. Um, got together. In fact, we still have some in our little, like, wallet of DVDs that we got from, like, pawn shops and the store and stuff like that that we never watch anymore. We have a bunch of the Saw movies and stuff like that, right? But she can't watch them anymore. Uh, she, She was watching Paranormal Activity one of these times, and she just lost her mind after the movie was over she was like that feels like it could happen that feels like it could happen and it's not that she even just feels like it could happen because sure i mean if you believe in demons which obviously we do because if, if angels exist and god exists and demons exist demons exist and satan exists you know obviously uh you know there's they are contrasting opposites in the world of you know faith i guess the afterlife whatever I can't think of a technical term for it not that it really matters all that much but I understand that but she feels like it seems like to her that as soon as she watches a movie that means that like now we have a demon in the house now and that she should be really careful and blah blah blah. like watching a movie welcomes a demon into the house which is illogical and doesn't really make sense obviously but she'll still do it anyways and it's caused for some very strange situations like where she won't she'll take me like I have to go with her to go to the bathroom you know and she won't sit in the room by herself and stuff like that so I have to kind of like babysit her for a while and then she'll have a hard time sleeping and and I've never understood it like I can I can distance myself from that like know that it's fiction you know and and not be worried about it but that's the way she is and it's made for some strange situations like for instance we watched that movie White Noise And in white noise, the concept of it is, is that someone has like a white noise recording, you know, on a TV, right? Where it has a static or just an actual audio recording. And in there, that's how, you know, spirits or demons or whatever will communicate, right? You know, within that white noise, if you're listening close enough, they'll send through these messages, blah, 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 right? And this is before she was more kind of afraid of it, just more when she was curious. And she was like, we should do that we should make a white noise recording and see what we can, what we can hear, and I'm like, okay, I mean, that's probably gonna freak you out, but whatever, you know, so we go, when we record a recording, it's right next to this giant fish tank that she had, it was like a 200-gallon fish tank, right, so all you could hear in this recording, because we didn't talk, obviously, it's supposed to be white noise, which is like whatever's the current noise, you know, the AC or heater or whatever i don't know just basically whatever noise is picked up when no one's making sounds right and all you i could hear was a fish tank and then we listened to it again and she listened to it a bunch of times and she was like did you hear that and i was like you mean the sound of water trickling because there's a fish tank next to us she's like no did you hear that there was a voice and i'm like there definitely was not a voice no i didn't hear that and then she was like yeah it was right there. And she kept playing it over and over. And I was like, I don't hear anything. I don't know what you're talking about. And then she was like, right there. It said, my name is Joey. And I remember being so amused by that. Like a spirit named Joey. You know, just being like, hey, my name is Joey. Like, just like bro ghost. You know, just being like, Say what's up? You got my name Joey? It's not Joseph. It's Joey. Hanging out, me, you, Joey. Hanging out. You guys got any, like, snacks? I'm hungry. My name's Joey. And it became a running gag with us all the way until this day where, like, we joke that Joey comes with us to every new house we go to and that every time she gets freaked out after movies or or a sound in the the dark or whatever, that that's Joey talking to her. And it freaking cracks me up, man. Like, to this day, I I still bring up Joey and she'll be like, Shut up! Because she's embarrassed about it or whatever, you know? And, um, <clears throat> so that's a hilarious one. And then there was another time where we were watching, we were watching like 13 Ghosts or something like that. Like, it was just, not 13 Ghosts, uh, Fright Night, I think it was, which is a comedy scary movie, like, that has Michael J. Fox in it or whatever. It's a comedy. It's not serious, right? But I remember she still got freaked out afterwards, and we were laying in our bed, and then she was like, what's that? And I was like, what and she was like there's a glowing one on our door actually i don't think it, maybe it wasn't that maybe it was uh, 1408 that uh thriller 1408 because it's from because it's about a, a haunted hotel room i think it w- is what it was but yeah she was like there's a glowing one and that's when i like raised my hand up slowly over the blinds you know to 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 Cut off the light that was either coming from the moon or an outside light source, you know. And then I was like, "Whoa, there is a one. Now it's gone. Now it's back again. Now it's gone again. Now it's back." And I would make, I make fun of her for that one as well all the time. I remember we told her mom about it, and then she was like, "Do you see that door? There's a glowing two on it." You know, we just wouldn't make fun of her. But again, you know, it's hers, whatever. And we can have uh, irrational fears. Like I, like I said, I fight against fears all the time because i feel like they're stupid and they're limiting or whatever and that you shouldn't let them uh mess with you but i still have weird little thoughts like i feel like everybody does like for instance sometimes i'll challenge myself when i'm going into my basement i just won't turn on any lights and i'll force myself to navigate in the dark so i can face kind of that uncomfortableness and and maybe fear i don't know you can call it that uh where i'll be like (sighs) because like when you can't see something clearly shadows you know whatever you're in the darkness or whatever you imagine that there could be someone there and then you imagine that there's someone there and then it freaks you out and you have you know the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and blah blah blah. i have that same kind of thought when i'm washing my hair when i'm doing something that requires my eyes to be closed which is pretty much just washing my hair uh, I also don't open my eyes in chlorinated pools anymore, so I guess I might get the feeling there as well. But it's when my eyes are closed, I feel like someone's gonna like sneak up behind me and slit my throat or strangle me or something like that. Obviously, they they wouldn't, but the the thought pops in your head because it could happen. You know, you're 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 in a place where you're vulnerable, which I guess actually the dark is that same way. You feel vulnerable. It's the same way as when you relinquish control to somebody else. Like I never really felt like I have a fear of confined spaces like I can be in confined spaces and I get a little freaked out but like I can I can kind of like overcome that but when I relinquish that control to someone else like for instance my friends used to like pin me down with uh, sleeping bags or like put me into a sleeping bag and then they would like grab the end of it t- so that I couldn't get out so that I actually was trapped And I think it's fairly rational to freak out in that sense uh, but I do remember when I was a kid one time Uh, I was in Boy Scouts, and they had made this giant cardboard box maze, it's a very embarrassing story in in my own um, memory, because of, like, how against letting fears uh, control me I am, you know? But I was going through this maze, and I couldn't find the end of it, and it was dark, and it was really tight, you know, because they just were, like, they weren't super huge boxes, and even though I was a little kid, it was still a pretty tight, confined space. So I started freaking the hell out. I just was, like, screaming and crying and stuff. So then my dad, he could, I guess he could tell it was me. I guess it makes sense. He would recognize my voice. But he stepped over, and he tore the side of this box maze open, and he pulled me out. He, like, rescued me from the, from this box maze and I remember being like oh thanks dad and just being so relieved to be out of there or whatever but also again feeling embarrassed because none of the other kids were freaking out why don't I freak out but I don't know maybe that's some maybe it's another fear that I have that I'm not really super aware of but again I feel like it kind of makes sense if you feel like you're trapped in a place and you might panic I mean I think that's kind of a survival instinct more than it is irrational you know but that's that's the next thing I kind of wanted to talk about. Like, what is a rational... How, how do we differentiate what's a rational fear? Rational fear. Rational... <clears throat> I can't talk. What's a rational fear? Fear and an irrational fear. Because I was looking up... Like, I was researching for the episodes. One thing I'm really interested in is, like, phobias and things like that. And they say that, by definition, a phobia is an irrational fear. But I feel like a lot of phobias are based upon rational fears depending upon i guess to the degree that you freak out about them you know to the degree that you are fearful of it so uh i I printed out like a whole list of like all the the fears that were on this website that was created in i think july of last year or something like that so fairly recent in terms of of phobias we'll go over some of them but i feel like there's certain fears that like kind of makes sense to be afraid of them. So as part of my research, uh, I looked up the most common fears. So we're going to go over the ones that are the most common. And I'm going to talk about whether they, I feel like they're a rational thing or they're not, you know, whether they actually pose a threat to you or not. Because I, I got the, um, the definition of fear. It's an unpleasant feeling triggered by the perception of danger, real or imagined. So by a very simplistic term, fear is characterized by a perception of danger, whether it's r- real or imagined. So let's go over these common ones. Public speaking, that's number 1, right? Which I've never had a problem with public speaking. Um I do stand-up comedy. I'm not afraid to talk in public. Like I feel a certain amount of, of nervousness you know, and anxiety before the time comes, but I've never allowed that to get in my way. Like when it comes to live performances, speaking in front of people, holding trainings, things like that, I've always said, yes, I will do that. And I haven't allowed myself to say no to that because I feel like it is irrational, at least in my own personal opinion, because you're not going to actually be hurt, you know? The only way that I can see that it being rational is maybe the fear that you'll say something that will actually like incriminate or make you lose your job or whatever like if you don't trust yourself to speak in front of a group and not say something that will potentially cause you harm in some real way but i think that's probably rare somebody that can't trust themselves to just not say something that will get you in trouble that's the only way personally that i can find it to be an irrational fear uh the next one is heights and i talked about how my dad has a fear of heights i don't um I mean, obviously, if I, I'm I'm cautious when I'm when I'm up high because I don't want to fall down and hurt myself and potentially die. But I think that's fairly normal. So I don't know—is heights an irrational fear? I don't know. Yeah, again, it depends upon the de- degree in which that you fear things. Like if you just don't like being high. Like if, for instance, you're standing on a very secure glass bridge where you where where you can see down, like you know. A very far amount, and that makes you freak out. I feel like in that instance, yeah, it's kind of irrational, because you're actually safe, but you feel unsafe. But, you know, if you're just being cautious around heights, then that makes sense, too. Because, for instance, I saw a video on, uh, on YouTube about a guy who used to do these, like, height challenges or whatever, where he'd go up to these really high places, and then he'd hang off of them with, like, his phone or camera or whatever position to see him or whatever. And he'd bring no one to back him up. It was only on his own strength that he would pull himself back up. And it was to create these, like, really, like, intense uh, shots or whatever. And I would assume most people that are watching it would assume that he has somebody there with him as a backup, you know, that he wouldn't just go by himself. But he, I guess this guy was so committed to it or maybe so fearless in that sense that he didn't bring someone with him and the time came where he actually had hung on for too long and he was too exhausted to pull himself back up and he ended up falling to his death this particular person i'm not going to name it cuz i don't want it like as like a morbid thing like if you have that morbid curiosity you probably can find it but i feel like that is where it gets to a point where you're like overcoming a a common fear to a degree that's actually unsafe i think fear in a lot of ways, is there to actually protect us. It's to protect us from things that could be potentially harmful for us, but we have to harness it in a way to where we don't let it get to an irrational point. And that brings me to the next fear, which is bugs. So in most instances, most bugs are harmless, right? So in most instances, like if you're afraid of a moth, or you're afraid of, you know, a butterfly or whatever, in most instances... Yes, that is irrational. Like it, they're gross, and you may not want to touch them. I don't like to touch them, you know. But I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself to be afraid of them. Now, if they're a super poisonous one, and you want to avoid that, and you're afraid of it potentially stinging you or whatever, then I kind of get that. But also, you have to take into account the, um, or you have to take into consideration the degree of threat that there actually is. Like for instance, scorpions are super like crazy intense looking you know they have those pincers and they have that stinger and everything but i learned growing up in arizona that scorpions can actually only sting directly in between their claws directly in front of them that's the only place they can actually sting so that means that unless you have a scorpion on your body they don't actually pose a threat to you very much like you can walk walk up pick it up throw it around stomp on it not that i would want to cuz again i don't really enjoy touching bugs i think they're unpleasant textures and everything, you know. Uh, Some of them are pretty dirty and disease-ridden or whatever, you know. More so mammals, you know, like rodents, stuff like that. But still, I mean, I'm not a fan of it. But if you can separate yourself from the irrationality of it and put yourself into the logical conclusion of it, then you don't have a whole lot to fear. Like, uh, for instance, bees. If you're allergic to bees, then I can understand being afraid of one. If you're not allergic to one and you just don't want to feel that uncomfortable, Uh, sting or like from hornets or whatever i understand that as well but it shouldn't really be a a degree of fear it should be caution at least in my own opinion but again i I semi-understand it so that's where i guess you can kind of differentiate again if you're phobic to these things i don't think that that makes it irrational i mean maybe maybe phobia that's what it is maybe phobia is taking it to an irrational level that makes sense so phobia is making is taking it to an irrational level. Fear can be healthy in terms of caution, but phobia is taking it to an irrational level. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Again, I did like a little bit of research on it, but you know, I didn't super dig down. I just grabbed the things that I thought were interesting. The next one is drowning, okay? like, And this is a fear, like I said, that my uh, mother-in-law and my wife have, and I think a lot of people have. And this can, you know, extend to a fear of holding your breath, water, things like that. Like, for instance, my mom and I both have this thing that happens to us from time to time. It happened to her, I think, a lot more than it has happened to me. But we will get these... uh moments in our sleep where a windpipe will like close up and it will make it to where our breathing is like labored right which I don't think that I have sleep apnea or anything like that I could be wrong I don't think I've ever been tested for it I would imagine she has because she's uh, been alive for a lot longer than me and probably had a lot more doctor's visits and she has other things that she's been diagnosed for so I would highly doubt that she hasn't been seen for it but I think it's uh it's maybe it might even be triggered by like um a night terror or something but I I know that at least is accompanied by night terrors in my instance because I'll wake up not being able to breathe and not surprisingly freaks me the fuck out because why wouldn't it right I'm gasping for breath and again it's only happened to me a handful of times but it has happened to me since I've been with uh Lacey my wife and since I've been married and she will freak out too like she's like wait, can you not breathe again? What's going on? And she like freaks out or whatever, right? But what I have to do in every instance, and this is what my mom taught me without even needing really to teach me because I saw her, I I saw her experience this. I just need to calm down. The first time I think it happened, I got out of my bed and I started like running around my house Because I don't know like I was like, I don't know just trying to find some way to fix the problem But obviously there isn't any way to fix the problem You just have to stop freaking out so your windpipe will open up or so that you will stop struggling so much for breath That you can actually get enough to feel comfortable, right? I've never like passed out or anything like that from it, but I definitely will freak the fuck out And it always seems to be accompanied by, like, in my sleep, I will be sleeping about choking. Or sleeping about... What the fuck am I talking about? I will be dreaming about choking or suffocating or whatever, right? And I think that the reason why I am is because your subconscious interprets what you're actually feeling a lot lot of the times, right? So I'll wake up. Like, I'll have dreams sometimes that bricks are falling on my chest and, like, I can't move. And I was listening to a podcast, actually. I was listening to the time suck about shadow people, and they were talking about sleep paralysis. So I think I might have experienced that in, in some minor degree when it comes to that. But I'll feel like a pressure on my chest, like I can't stand up. And I think that might have been like a form of sleep paralysis, but that also could be a buildup to the thing that I'm talking about. But either way, the reason why I brought it up is because my mom has a fear now of holding her breath because of that. Because it reminds her of that. So when she goes swimming, she'll, she's not afraid of swimming. She's not afraid of water. She will swim, but she will not put her head underneath the water. She won't do that. So she's always like a dog. You know how the dogs will always keep their head above the water, and be like, <laughs> you know, as they doggy paddle around or whatever. She's like that. She won't let her head go underneath the water. Uh, it's actually funny because because she knows that about herself. She'll just wear sunglasses in the pool when she's swimming, because she knows she's not going to let her hair, her head go underneath the water. Like, only the ends of her hair will get wet if she doesn't have it, you know, super pinned up or whatever, because she's not going to let that happen. It's a fear of hers. So again, I understand drowning. That one makes sense, because if you're underwater a long time, and you run out of breath, you will drown. People have drowned, you know. they'll They'll drown from, like, you know malfunctioning equipment when you're snorkeling and things like that or or um getting pulled under when you're in the ocean you know like an undertow that pulls you under or getting your like foot or arm or something trapped underneath something when you're exploring underneath water or whatever like there's plenty of times where it can't happen so it makes sense but if you are if you are taking it to a level where you won't even go inside water or trust yourself or anyone else to traverse water then i think that's where it gets to that irrational point obviously And then the next one is one that I do specifically um, experience, which is the fear of blood. And I didn't realize that I had this fear, and I talked about this fear in other um, podcasts, but I'm going to touch on it again because this is the the topic that we have that we're going over. And um, I didn't really realize that I had this fear because it it doesn't feel like other fears, at least for me. Uh, This is like a like almost like a subconscious thing where I didn't like the first time I ever had an experience with it I was climbing on a back wall on my back wall actually in my backyard and one of the bricks came loose hit me in my shin and just gashed me open and my brother was helping me like clean it out and stuff like that my older brother he was just doing the brotherly thing because I was all like hurt you know and he was helping me clean it out. And then just all of a sudden, I got really sick, almost passed out, and I vomited all over the place. So he helped me clean that, that and everything as well. And I and I appreciated that at that moment and still do, um, having an older brother. But I didn't even at that point put two and two together. And then there was another time where I was in the uh, nurse's office after getting, like, injured on the playground, right? And again, I threw up in the nurse's office and... And I, I don't think even then I put two and two together. I was like, man, why did I get sick? That's weird. You know, because I didn't feel like I was afraid of blood. Like, I would look at blood in, in movies and things like that. Or my, or, or my, like, if my friends got cut or had bloody noses or whatever. And it didn't seem to affect me the same way as my own blood. But it seemed like it just continued to increase in terms of, like, the degrees of severity. Until one time I was watching a movie. I was watching Hannibal, the... Uh, I think it's a prequel of silence of the lambs yeah prequel and um in that movie there was a part where this guy was uh he talked about feeding dead bodies to starved pigs or whatever right which is a, a common trope in movies they talked about it. it was also talked about in snatch and stuff like that as a way to get rid of dead bodies blah blah, blah right But at one point, the guy who was talking about it was in a wheelchair and he had cut his own face off in in a famous scene in Silence of the Lambs, which I think it rehashed in that movie, which was creepy but didn't really like, wasn't enough to like get a rise out of me. But he had fallen out of his wheelchair because he was in a wheelchair. And he was face was getting chomped on and pulled apart by pigs, and I really got nauseous. And it was then that I knew for sure this was a problem that I had, and I started trying to actively avoid it and things like that. Oh yeah, and there's another time. There's another time where it happened, and again, I still didn't understand why. This is previous to that, um, so I'll just I'll, I'll share that story really quickly. Uh, me and my friends, we all discovered the the joy, the fun, the awesome time that is donating plasma. You know. Uh, Because we were young and we wanted money for drugs or whatever stupid crap we were doing. Alcohol. I don't know. I wasn't much of a drinker, but still. We we wanted money for whatever stupid reason. Most likely to party or do something dumb. Buy a video game. I don't know. And they would pay you a fair amount. Like you'd go there for like, you know, 15, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. To have your plasma taken out of you. And they'd give you money, right? And I remember being at this plasma place. And I just started feeling sick. And again, I did not know why I had no idea I didn't know that I was that it was because of all the blood around me, the blood coming out of my own body. I didn't know it didn't like it it didn't dawn on me, but I remember I just fully passed out, just got all sweaty and dizzy and passed out, and then they came over to me after I like came to, or I think maybe even the lady shook me, and she was like, "Hey, did you pass out?" And I was just like, "Yeah." And she said, you're not supposed to do that. She said, you're not supposed to do that. Like she was reprimanding me for passing out or whatever. And I was like, "Mm, sorry. And then she was like, she immediately took me off of the machine they gave me like juice and crackers and they gave me a permanent deferment i could not go and donate plasma anymore i was banned because i passed out so apparently pretty big deal i don't know and i remember i i ate like i ate the crackers drank the juice went outside and then i threw up all over the sidewalk while waiting for the bus to come right cuz i was taking the public bus and even then, I didn't know why that happened. I was like, "This is weird. Maybe, maybe they took too much blood, or something, or because like maybe when you have not a lot of plasma, you get sick, or whatever." Like, I still didn't know. And then it was when I was watching the movie, like I said, when the pigs were chomping on them, that I figured it out. And then from there, I realized that that was something with me. So I, I did what I could to um, avoid those things, right? Which is uh, part of my research. I found out that that's a way that you can cope with. Phobia is, is a certain level of avoidance, but there's certain times though where that can be a big detriment to you It's not, uh, it's fortunately not when it comes to blood I can very obviously and easily avoid looking at blood, you know It's gonna happen occasionally, you know, where where it's gonna be there and I have to deal with it or whatever, you know but it's pretty easy for me to um to avoid but while I was researching it though I did research, and I was going to go over this. Uh, my particular phobia is called hemophobia, I guess, uh, and they said it's it's a unique phobia because it produces what's called a uh, vasovagal response, and a vasovagal—that's probably I'm probably pronouncing it vaso response, vasovagal. I don't know response, which means that you have a drop in your heart rate and blood pressure in response to a trigger, uh, at the site of blood. When this happens, you may feel dizzy or faint, um, about 80% trusted source, uh, of people that have this phobia experience this response, according to a 2014 survey. So kind of an old one, um, it says the response is, isn't comic common, common o- with other specific phobias? So that's kind of crappy, right? Like that I have this phobia that like is super rare in terms of this response. Like, like when someone like they're they're uh, you know up high or whatever, I could see that you would get like anxiety, which would make you feel dizzy or whatever, and maybe faint. But it, it's very uncommon. But this response to a fear of blood. It's very common. 80% of people will get nauseous and pass out. It's shitty. Like, why, why was I dealt this hand? And also, when I was researching it, this was interesting because um, I try my best not to... I think we both do, both me and my wife. We try our best to not expose our kids to, um, you know, anything that's going to cause a detriment to them. So we try not to pass on our fears to them and stuff like that, right? Makes sense. Um so I did my best to not make it obvious. Like, if there was blood or whatever, you know, I'd let maybe my, my wife handle it. Or I'd, you know, really suck it up and think about happy thoughts or something while I was taking care of it or whatever, you know. I didn't want to, to, to perpetuate it, you know, in another generation. But my son, Theodore... um while he was over at his uh, Mimi's house, he got hurt and immediately got all flush, felt dizzy, looked like he was gonna throw up. So she called me because she was worried, and I said, "What the? He must he must like have the same thing that I do, and that's weird. Like, can that be? Can that be like a um, genetic thing? Can that be inherited? You know?" And when I was researching this, yeah, it is. Uh, some of them particularly this one, uh, is or can be um, a inherited thing, a genetic thing, which is weird. And obviously there probably hasn't been enough research to really know what the markers are for it or whatever and makes that happen or whatever, but it can happen through generations. There are others. There are other things that can trigger it, like a traumatic experience or something like that. That can cause uh, fear of blood to happen, but it can be without any kind of triggers, anything that made it happen, so it might have been, I was just born that way, because I don't remember having in any, any instances where I was, like, freaking bathed in blood as someone was being, like, chainsawed in half in front of me or something like that, I mean, I might have blocked it out, but I think I'd probably remember if that happened, so I don't know, it's weird, it's definitely very weird, um, but I did, because of my, like, Interest in that I wanted to know if there was any like way of treating it right because this is me uh and now also my son as well that are that are experiencing this, and this is again I is something that I was so like freaked out about that i I wanted to have a way of combating it. Because, for instance, I have donated plasma since then, but I have to be really diligent about not looking at my arm when my blood is being drawn. Also, if I go to the to the doctor to have my blood drawn or anything like that, I cannot look at all. I have to look away. Uh, and then um, I used to donate plasma, you know, a few times a month, maybe once a week. Uh, at one point, I was going pretty regularly. And, um Yeah. I just really had to be, like, super diligent about it. I couldn't even look at the little vial that they collected to test your iron and fat and everything at the beginning. I had to look away for all of that. And even still, I almost passed out a couple of different times. One time, I got real close, like, sweaty palms, just freaking the fuck out. And I, I like, overcame it and, and got past it. And I just had this freaking literal hand-shaped pile of sweat on the chair next to me when I came back down off of this freaking anxiety attack, or whatever you call it, you know? And it sucks. I don't like being um, held by that, you know? Being limited by that. But, you know, oh well. But I did look into, though, if there were any ways of treating it i looked at the treatment kind of in general but i more specifically looked into this because this is something that i specifically experience and it says uh, treatments for this specific phobia aren't really necessary they should only really be necessary because uh, if it's something that can limit your everyday life like if you're a fear of if you're afraid of snakes or whatever you're probably not going to encounter them very often but blood on the other hand Uh, It can cause you to want to like skip doctor's appointments, certain procedures and treatments, stuff like that. So it can be necessary for you to try to overcome this particular fear, Um, especially if it gets to a degree where like uh, it causes panic attacks uh, or like severe debilitating anxiety uh, to an irrational or hindering level right? Uh, Or it says, if you have these feelings for six months or longer, which sounds pretty freaking terrifying, I definitely wouldn't want that. Uh, But there's a different, uh, there's actually multiple different ways. And this is something I was interested about, because I, I was, um, I was thinking if there was any way of doing like, immersion therapy or or whatever when it comes to phobias to try and like get yourself past it and I did a lot of research on it and it says that you're supposed to ease into it very very slowly that you're supposed to do very short things and build up from there because what people will do is they just do something insane to try and like break it and it doesn't work and it makes it worse like for instance if you're afraid afraid of like heights so then you go skydiving and now you're just crapped your pants in, in in your sky suit and it didn't really help you know so, yeah, it says to work your way into it slowly. But these were the specific one, ways, though, that were was talking about. It says exposure therapy. Uh, a therapist will guide you through your fears on an ongoing basis. Uh, there may be, like, a visualization that they'll do to deal with the fear of blood head-on. Head uh, there may be, like, a blend of different approaches, approaches but apparently it's incredibly effective uh, and works with as little as one session. So that sounds pretty dope. Maybe I'll look into that. Uh, cognitive therapy, which is where they... Um, Help you identify the anxiety of, of, uh, around blood and help you to replace the anxiety with a more realistic thought of way, what may actually happen, uh, during tests or after injuries, stuff like that, which I think I'm fairly logical about it. I don't know that that would necessarily help me. Uh, the next one is <laughs> relaxation, uh, which is actually, that's something that I already do. Uh, it says, you know, from deep breathing to yoga, you know, can help you to, to treat, um the phobia uh you know try to do these like relaxing relaxation techniques to help diffuse stress and ease physical symptoms which is something i already do um i described that earlier part of that is looking away sure but it's also me being like think about something else relax breathe i don't do yoga but you know i can see the the benefits of it there's also one called applied tension that sounds sketchy uh it's a method of therapy where they apply the tension um and it helps with fainting effects of phobia uh the idea of it is to tense your muscles and arms torso leg at timed intervals until your face feels flush or until um when you're exposed to the trigger in which case um woody blood right in this instance and uh, in one older study, the participant uh, who tried this was able to watch a half hour of a surgery without faint or half hour video of a surgery without fainting. So that's weird. I'm trying to understand that. What is it talking about? It says the idea is to tense your muscles um, the muscles in your arms, torso, and legs for timed intervals until your face feels flushed. So I guess if, like flexing your muscles and your face and legs and stuff helps you to keep you from feeling flushed when you're exposed to your triggers, which I don't like that word very much. It's overused right now, but you know, whatever. Uh, and then there's medication actually, which is interesting, I didn't know that. Uh, in severe cases, there's medication that can uh, that may be necessary. However, uh, it's not always appropriate for treatments of specific phobias. More research is needed uh, and discuss it with your doctor, obviously. I don't think I'd want to take a medication, but hey, whatever. Uh, and then I printed out actually from another um, article on self-treatment so i'm just going to go over that it says um as long as there's no actual threat breathe slowly and i think this is something that you can apply to almost any phobia but it says as long as there's no actual threat try breathing slowly and deeply to reduce the fear talk with friends or family members may also help and then it says to seek medical attention uh, if you can't work or do daily activities uh, and also uh, if you have a racing heart shortness of breath upset stomach or feeling of dread I guess I should have seen doctors. I've definitely had those feelings before, but I guess if it's like an extended period of time and you can't come down with it, I think is what they mean. But yeah. So I found that pretty interesting actually. Um so I wanted to take a moment. I actually printed out like I said a list of of phobias, and I just wanted to go over some of the ones um that might be a little bit more silly or and then and, and trying to maybe understand how people might get freaked out by them or whatever, right? So um, I'm not going to go over all of them. There's tons of them. um, And they were printed out in in, uh, ABC order. So I'm just going to go over the ones that I find actually kind of funny or whatever. Uh, So uh, there's androphobia, which is a fear of men, which I would imagine in most instances, when it comes to that, it's somebody that's probably been abused by a man or had a traumatic experience that was, uh, done by, uh, a, a terrible man or whatever. And, uh, it makes sense to me. Um, but it's just kind of a funny name, androphobia. Makes sense, actually, if you think about it. But, uh, the next is, uh, anginophobia. Now, it says, fear of angina or choking, I've never heard of what angina is. Is that, is that like where your throat closes up or whatever? Because choking I get, but I guess I'm not very um familiar with what angina is. So that just sounds a little weird. Uh then there's also um anthrophobia, which I guess is a fear of flowers. Now again, I can only see it I can only see really a fear of flowers. If you, like, really have maybe super bad allergies, you know, to where it really, like, messes you up, I could see that. Or maybe you had a traumatic experience involving flowers. Like, somebody, like, I don't know, beat you with a rose or something like that and cut you up or something. Like, not I'm not trying to, like, downplay anyone's things. I'm just kind of looking at this, like, over-arcing. But apparently, the fear the, one of the most common fears, uh, if you were to take it to the degree of a phobia, is... Achlophobia, et- ocle- which is the fear of darkness, pretty common. Uh, also, etchi- ac- ichimophobia, which I guess is the fear of needles and pointed objects. I think that's probably pretty common, too. Uh, there's a fear of being touched, I think. Uh, the fear of being touched, which is uh, a that one kind of makes sense if you're, like, weird about, like, germs and stuff like that. Or, again, if you had something traumatic happen in your life to where you don't want people touching you. I kind of understand that. Here's one that's a, I don't quite understand, which is arachibitrophobia, which is a fear of peanut butter. I don't know. I don't know if I can get behind that one. The only way that I can see is if maybe somebody like ate a whole bunch of peanut butter one time and they like were having a hard time breathing, like what happens with dogs when you feed them peanut butter or whatever. Like I could see that. And then there's arithmophobia, which is a fear of numbers, and then uh, astromophobia, which is a fear of thunder and lightning. So that's a that's a phobia that dogs have and weird people, I guess, if they. Are part dog. Is that a thing? Can people be part dog? Oh, yeah, there's uh, lichens, right? Werewolves? Those exist. We all believe in that. But yeah, there's also a taxophobia, which I guess is a fear of disorders. Disorder or untidiness. Oh, okay, I thought it was of disorders at first. No, disorder and untidiness. So it's like OCD disorder or something like that. OCD phobia. Uh Or the, there's a lateral phobia, which is a fear of imperfection. Uh at at Tchiphobia, which is a fear of failure. I get that one actually. I think most of us kind of like not to an irrational degree, but don't like failure. Uh autom- autom- ma- ma- which is a fear of humans or like figures. Human like figures. Oh, of human like figures? Oh, okay, so if something is like a humanoid shape, it'll freak them out. That makes sense. Like, if you're in a dark room or something like that, you know, when you see something human-shaped, I think we all kind of get a little feared out. Feared. um, A little weirded out by that. Uh, Bacteriophobia, pretty straightforward. Uh, Barophobia, it's a fear of gravity. Wouldn't that just be heights, really? Why would you fear gravity? I guess, I don't know. Make you fear someone setting a weight on you while you're sleeping, like I was talking about? I don't know. It seems like that'd be heights. it would be more about heights. Uh, fear of stairs and steep slopes. I kind of get that. If, something, if, like, maybe you fell down stairs or you know someone that did or whatever. Fear of amphibians, pins and needles. Why would that be? There's two different ones for needles? It's strange. A fear of books, bibliophobia. Oh, man. That's when somebody, like, somebody literally threw the book at you and you're just freaked out about it. I get it. Um... Fear of plants, fear of ugliness, oh, that does happen. People don't want to be ugly. That's why they go and get a bunch of surgeries and stuff. Fear of being ridiculed, that's a uh, catagelophobia. Fear of mirrors, again, that, that seems like that'd be tied into ugliness. <laughs> Unless it's more of a superstitious thing. It makes sense. Fear of snow, Oh I, don't know. I think all of us in the Northwest are kind of fearful of that. Get that shit out of here. Fear of colors. I'm not gonna stop trying to name the phobias. You can look it up if you want to. I don't. I'm tired of saying them. Fear of time. You're like, oh, I don't want to be late. Things are going too fast. Um, fear of clowns. I know that's a common one. Colorophobia. Fear of computers. For you're like, no, Google's gonna take over the world. I don't like it. Fear of dentists. Fear of trees. Oh, I don't know about that. Fear of accidents. All right, sounds like a like overarching like plane, cars, everything, just don't want accidents. Makes sense. Fear of the home. Oh, people that never, don't want to be home. Echophobia? That's fear of home. Weird. Fear of cats, fear of insects, fear of te- teenagers. Oh, I have that one. They stink. They always talk back. It's annoying. Fear of horses, fear of marriage. Oh, that's becoming more and more common. Fear of knees. Who's afraid of knees? That's freaking weird, dude. Um, oh, here's one actually for public speaking. So it's glossophobia. That's actually the one. Fear of women, fear of touch, fear of the sun, fear of blood. There's mine. Um, whoa, this one's super long, man. It's the fear of long words. That makes sense. They make it super long because you're... Uh, that's uh, that's a dick move, man. You're You're afraid of long words, and they made it the longest one probably of all it's Phobia. that's a fucking troll dude you're afraid of long words and they're gonna make it that long hippopotamostrosisquipatiliophobia dick move man you can't even say your own phobia because you're afraid of it that's messed up Uh, fear of water, fear of illness, fear of doctors. Yeah, it's common. Fear of rooms. Wouldn't that just be kind of like claustrophobia? I guess it doesn't have to be a small room. You just don't like rooms at all. You're like, fuck all these rooms, man. I only sleep in open fields. Uh, fear of buttons. I wonder if it means like buttons on coats or buttons on like a, like, like a electronic or whatever. Uh, fear of the color white. Oh, no leukophobia color white can be can be weird uh, fear of tornadoes or hurricanes fear of childbirth yeah that makes sense uh, fear of cooking oh man you don't want a wife that has that fear you're just like girl you go cook for me i'm afraid of cooking i guess that makes sense if you like like a fire happened or something like most of these ones seem like it would come from like a trauma i don't know why you would just be afraid of them naturally doesn't make sense uh dirt and germs fear of death or dead things oh dude i didn't read the rest of the common ones that reminds me i'm gonna go back to this in a second because i found it pretty interesting actually the common ones super weird so uh crap where is it at gotta go back one more page here I'll go back to what I was at, though, because I found this pretty interesting. Uh, So after mine, blood, there are small spaces, right? Claustrophobia, pretty straightforward, right? Kind of makes sense to me, actually. Uh, You don't want to be trapped in places, right? You don't want to feel trapped. Uh, Makes it hard to go up elevators and things like that. Makes sense. If you're flying, again, makes sense. Planes do crash, not very often. Pretty safe way of traveling, but we've all seen movies and things like that. Makes sense to to be a little weird about it. Uh, Strangers? These are common fears. So I'm going back on the list of the common fears. And this is one that really surprised me. Zombies. Up there in the most common fear. Zombies. Gonna go ahead and say it. Irrational. I feel like that's an irrational one. Like if people are just walking around being like, I think that guy's a zombie. Maybe that guy's a zombie. No, dude. Like besides that dude on bath salts that one time that ate the dude's face. Like, nah. Zombies aren't walking around. No he's not even technically a zombie because he's alive he was on bath salts and he did some crazy stuff because he's insane and then the last most common one we've already talked about darkness i would say that's probably the most common but this is the order that the article that i particularly found put them in so i wanted to go over that because those are the most common ones i don't know how being afraid of zombies is common though that's just seems weird to me man i don't know about that but yeah, we'll go back to where we were. Uh, fear of childbirth, fear of cooking, dirt, 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 oh, dead things. That's where we were. Fear of the night. Huh. You'd think that'd be tied into darkness, but maybe it's specifically because it's like dark all the time. That person would not want to live in Alaska when they have that kind of weird dark all the time thing going on. Fear of hospitals. Again, kind of understand that. It's a, you know, there's procedures happening there. People die there. It can be weird and creepy. Makes sense. Fear of the dark. Fear of gaining weight. Obesophobia <laughs> Somebody's have some good names, dude. Makes sense, obesophobia. You don't want to get all chubby wubby. Makes sense. Um Octophobia, the fear of the figure eight. Oh no, it's a number eight. So there was the there was the number one. That was specifically of the eight. Uh fear of rain, fear of snakes, birds, fear of paper? Oh man, I wouldn't even be able to read this list if I had that fear. Somebody might, must have gotten a really bad paper cut and then they're like, ah, never shall I touch paper again. Or like a paper airplane flew and like stabbed them in the eye and they lost sight. Oh man, I'm making making light of people's plights right now, but uh, I'm just, you know, speculating. Fear of disease makes sense. Uh, fear of children, pedophobia, what? Are you kidding me right now? So there's pedophilia and then there's a pedophobia. That's actually interesting. So pedophio- pedophiles, enjoy them too much. Pedoph- pedophobia people, they're afraid of them. Man. And then there's also philomatophobia, which is fear of kissing. Man, these people, they're probably not very good kissers, if they're afraid of it. Uh, fear of love, philophobia. Fear of phobias, phobophobia. Ah, That's got to be the worst one to have, because then you think you got them all. No. Uh Podophobia? Fear of feet? I don't like feet. I'm not afraid of them, but they're kinda gross, you know. No, I, ain't not, I ain't one of them foot people. Fear of the color purple. Porp <laughs> porphy Porphyrophobia. Poorful, Fear of ferns <laughs> I like that one too. Petetrop Pet Pet Petrophobia? Fear of ferns? What the heck, dude? Fear of flying, fear of fire. Makes sense. Fear of Halloween? I kind of get that. They they tried to really make us afraid of it. Fear of schools? Fear of being stared at? Fear of the moon? Fear of social evaluation? That makes sense. Fear of sleep? Yeah, if you have nightmares all the time, you're always freaking out. Can't control your own thoughts? Fear of sleep, sleep makes sense. I get it. Fear of speed? It's not my drug of choice, so... Not afraid of it, but like. Nah, I'm I'm fucking around. I know what they mean. Fear of technology. Fear of thunder. So there's a different one for just thunder? So if you have thunder and lightning, you got the other one. And look, a third one for needles and injections. Really? Do you need three needles, people? Fucking dramatic, man. You gotta have three phobias for being afraid of needles and sharp things. Come on, man. Come on. And then there's tripophobia fear of holes. Yeah, dude, I'm very afraid of that movie with Shia LaBeouf in it. Just kidding, I like it. It's pretty good, actually. Pretty good. It's got Sigourney Weaver in it? Uh-huh. Pretty solid. Yeah, I should all watch Holes. And then watch Even Stevens. I think he was on that, too. There might be holes in that. Uh, Venus Drosaurus, Fear of Beautiful Women? Dang, dude, it's an incel fear right there. It's like, I'm afraid of them. I only like the ugly ones. Uh, fear of germs. They get more than one, too. That's messed up. Wicophobia. Fear of witches and witchcraft. I don't know, man. They're pretty scary. And then fear of strangers or foreigners. Xenophobia. Oh, no. That's not good. And then zoophobia. Fear of animals. Alright, we did it. We went through them. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. I don't know, I find them, like, fascinating, the different kind of ones out there. Specifically, my favorite one officially now, and I have to try to remember this, is that fear of long words and how they made it a super long word. What a fucking dick move, whoever came up with that. But freaking hilarious. I almost want to make a bit about that. (laughs) Just figure out how to pronounce it phonetically and just be like, what kind of asshole made up that phobia? You can't even say your own phobia if you're, if that's your phobia, pricks. But yeah, uh, so uh, I'm gonna go into a little bit more of like my side of things. Uh, we talked about what's rational, what's not, the different the different phobias and everything. I'm gonna talk about my own experiences with phobias. Uh, so, for instance, obviously I talked about blood and everything, but with me, like so much trying to avoid ever letting fear. Um, These are just gonna be a couple of like stories for the most part Um, With the trying to avoid fears and stuff like that I've let myself do stupid things like for instance when I was a kid right there was this big like wash You know which a wash is like where they channels water uh, When it's raining a lot not every place has it. That's why I'm describing it There's a lot of them in Arizona and there happened to be one Uh, where I was in Louisiana at the time when I was a kid, right? And it was pretty high up or whatever. And I remember we were hanging out with friends, and one of my friends was like, I bet you wouldn't jump off that. And I happened to be on a scooter at the time, right? So I was like, yeah, I would. I'm not afraid. I'll do that. And he was like, fine, do it. So I like went down this really long hill, got some really good speed going. And I go off of this wash and I don't pull up or anything because I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I just go, ooh, tip forward as soon as I go off of this, you know, like gravity takes over. It makes sense. I and mean, I obviously don't have the, the, the fear of gravity, whatever that was. And I just freaking flop on my face on my um, scooter, just wreck myself. And then he was like, knew you couldn't do it. And what do I do? I'm, I'm kind of hurt, not super hurt, and what's more hurt than anything else is my pride. And I was like, I could do it on my bike. And they're like, no, you couldn't. And I was like, yeah, I can. And I ran all the way back to my house. I probably left the scooter laying there in that freaking wash. I don't even know. And I come burning back down the road just flying on my bike down the road and i fly off this wash and again don't pull up don't do anything like nothing that would make it work at all just repeat everything i just did and again just tip straight forward as i'm flying off this as as fast as i could possibly get myself going because that's the only logic i had as a small child It's like if i go fast enough i'll just fly through the air and then freaking all of a sudden there'll be a basket on the front of my bike with freaking et in it and we'll go home and it'll be dope no it didn't happen I flop straight forward again, smash into the ground, and then this time, something's wrong. My freaking shoulder is aching like crazy, just just jolts of pain shooting through my body, and I'm like, ah, something's broken. And they were like, huh? And I was like, my, it hurts. Something's broken. And I don't know if I said something was broken or not, but I remember I could tell definitely something was wrong, and I started going home, and. With the way that it worked in our neighborhood, like, we were little kids, we were constantly traversing this neighborhood, and one of our friends had this really long wall in front of their house that went, like, the whole length of their... Uh, of their yard and we would always walk across it like a tightrope or whatever like every single time so even though i was in pain on the verge of crying i had to walk across this wall because that's what we always did and then what inevitably happened because i wasn't in my right mind couldn't find my center of balance as easily as normal i fall off of that freaking wall and i land on the same freaking shoulder that i had just injured right so then i start bawling crying and i run back the rest of the way to my house long story short go to the hospital my shoulder my uh not shoulder collarbone was broken they had to put my arm in a sling and blah blah blah. i don't think they had to reset it or anything like that they just had to basically like put my arm in a way where it would like line up correctly and then keep it that way inside the sling for like two months or whatever it was for the stupid thing to heal And that was all because I wasn't going to – I was like, I'm not afraid to do that. I'll do that. And I did things like that all the time. We used to play these games where, like, we'd be like, let's see who will jump out of the tallest branch in this – off the tallest branch in this tree, right? Potentially hurt themselves. And I would always be the person that would go up higher than anyone else was willing to – and then even higher than that. And I remember one time I was standing there and my foot started shaking, right, while well, I was way up high. And then my brother's yelling, that's your body telling you that you shouldn't do it. That's your body telling you that you're going to hurt yourself. It was My brother again looking out for me or whatever. And I was like, shut up, Kevin. I can do it. You're dumb. And he's like. No, just come down. That's your body telling you you shouldn't do it, and I don't remember if I jumped afterwards or not. I might have I don't know, but I just remember that being a stupid game that we would play. go up as high as you can into that tree and onto the highest branch you can and then jump out to the ground and try and break your ankles and yeah, that is what we'd do, so it was dumb so and the one of the like biggest examples of this where I just like wouldn't let fear get in my way because like uh like i talked about public speaking before people would be like hey are you willing to go up in front of this group and teach and tell them about this thing or teach them or whatever and every time i'd be like yeah i don't care whatever and i would for the most part not really be very nervous i just go up and do it and people would be freaking weirded out they'd be like why can you do that and i'm like i don't know maybe because i don't care maybe because i'm not actually invested in what any of these people think about me or whatever like it's fine I don't know what it was. I've never really had, like, a problem with it. But I remember people thinking it's real weird that I can do that. And and that includes comedy. I'll get up there and they'll be like, how do you do it? How do you, like, psych yourself up or whatever? And I'm like, I don't know. I just fucking go up there, dude, and, like, talk into the microphone. Like, I'm there. What's the worst that's going to happen? I'm not going to have a heart attack. No one's going to freaking throw a tomato that has a razor blade inside it that will cut my jugular or whatever I think I'll probably be fine uh you know what's getting like the worst that'll happen is I'll get up there and say something stupid and make myself look dumb and that's going to be with comedy or otherwise or I'm going to say something that doesn't land and everyone will just be like you're stupid me and I'll go cool yeah I was kind of dumb I deserve you to say that not the end of the world but yeah, one of the, like, best examples of this is when I was actually an adult, when I, this was pretty early on, when I was, um, when I was dating my wife before we got married, she took me to this place in Post Falls called One Way, where you can swim in this river, right, and it's this part of the river that's right next to the dam, so if the dam is closed up, there's no flowing water, it's just, like, still water, so it's really good for, like, um, swimming and and cliff diving and stuff like that. So I kept going further and further up onto these cliffs, right? Because I'm like, it's deep enough, I'm not gonna actually get hurt. I'll jump off from as high as people jump off, you know, where like I see people doing it. And obviously there was teenagers doing it and stuff like that. And then I see someone jump off of this bridge. So there's this bridge that is up basically as high as it goes up. Like way up there. There's this bridge, right? And I see kids jumping off of it. And it's it's to the point where, like, they're falling for so long, you can tell it's pretty high up. Like, they're probably in the air for, like, a good two seconds or something like that. Two, three seconds falling, right? Which is pretty high up there, at least in my opinion, right? So I was like, oh, yeah, I could do that. And people were like, no, you won't do that. I don't know if anybody even said that. Maybe nobody did say it. Probably no one did. That was probably just my own head being like, you got to do that at least once if those kids are doing it. But then I go over there, and the bridge is locked off. It has, like, a lock and everything. You can't go in there. And I'm like, how the hell are they getting in there? Because there's freaking razor wire all on the outside of this fence. And I'm like, how are they doing this? Like, how are they getting in there? And then I see a kid, and he goes, oh, you just have to, like, crawl over to the side over here and then climb over the razor wire right here and then, like, crawl over there and blah, blah, blah. And he does it like it's nothing, right? So I'm like, okay. So I'm freaking wearing flip-flops, right? (laughs) Right. Just flip-flops in the summer, and I'm like, okay, I'll do that. I'll climb over this razor wire. So I get my entire body over this razor wire without touching it, and then as I'm pulling the rest of my like my legs over, I freaking gash my big toe open on razor wire. <laughs> just a giant fliggity flap of skin just gushing out blood. Which obviously, as I've described previously, is not a great thing for me. So then I just walk over there, like to the bridge, and I'm like, I'm already up here, whatever. And the, uh, my family's like watching me from the outside of the bridge. And my um, now wife was like, You cut yourself. You just should come back. Like you should just whatever. Blah blah. blah. And I was like, I don't want to climb back over and potentially cut myself up more. I'm already up here. I should just jump or whatever. And then she was like, You're probably gonna hurt yourself more and blah blah. <coughs> I'm literally leaving footprints of blood behind me as i'm walking over to this spot on the bridge and the kids are like coaching me they're like yeah all you gotta do is just point your toes or whatever and jump off or whatever and like my kids are like over there just being like no like you shouldn't you cut your foot nah or maybe they're telling me to jump i don't remember exactly but i remember that basically long story short i did jump off i freaking tossed my bloody flip-flops back over the fence or whatever i did tossed them down in the water i don't know And I freaking. Maybe I was barefoot when I climbed. I don't know exactly. I remember bloody footprints, though. Uh, And I jump off of this thing, right? And I'm flying through the air for the longest time. And I have my feet pointed. I thought I did a good job. But as soon as I hit the water, the water just forces my legs open. And I feel like someone hit me in the butthole with a sledgehammer. (laughs) Like it just. It felt like the water was trying to, like, um, assault me, you know? In that area like luckily not on my nut region my nuts because that probably would have hurt much more but yeah it felt like I got kicked in the butthole it was not a good feeling it also hurt my feet my feet hurt too but that like and that should show you like how far up it was it was pretty high up there like the fact that it forced my legs open and, and hammered my butt not pleasant and then I finally get out and I'm, I swim over and just the whole time I'm like my my this big flap of skin on my toe was just flapping as I'm kicking my feet swimming over and then I'm like cool again still just bleeding like crazy and I'm like well I did it that sucked it hurt my butt hurts and I don't know why I did that that was dumb wasn't fun and then I just put my flip-flops on and I end up walking like two miles to the nearest gas station and ask them for a freaking band-aid so I can flap my toe closed and stop bleeding everywhere and yeah then we went back to swimming Good times. Didn't let the the blood fortunately didn't freak me out too much. I was able to like use my breathing exercises and stuff to get past that. But that's just an example of where, like, you know fear kind of might possibly keep you from doing stupid things that could potentially harm or, or hurt or kill you. So I mean it has its value. Uh, but in the end, bros, what have we learned? So we've learned there's a lot of fear. And Fear is rational, rational when it's there to protect us. And it's irrational when it limits us. So, I don't know. Hopefully this will help you with whatever you're struggling with. Maybe you will be able to approach it in a different way. Maybe you'll take a breath. Maybe you'll say, hey, it doesn't actually matter that much. Maybe you were afraid of scorpions and now you know they can't sting except for in between their pincers and you're like, what bitches, man? You're not scary. You'll stomp on one i know some of you will be like no don't kill scorpions they're alive whatever people have different opinions on things yours is wrong mine's right i don't really care honestly there's a lot of them they'll be fine uh actually i heard that in uh, freaking in some place like in brazil or something like that they just have like thousands of scorpions just under overrunning towns and they have to like collect them up and burn them and stuff and there's still thousands more of them oh my gosh it sounds terrifying and people, of course, are like that's due to global warming, and I was like, okay, sure, I don't know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, I don't know, but it still sounds pretty scary to me. Like, if you have thousands of them, odds are one of them's gonna get their pincers on your flesh, man. You gotta—that's—that's that's rational at that point to be afraid of them. But either way, um, be cautious, people. Don't go crazy. Don't hurt yourself. But just know where, where, where. You know, logic can step in and rationality and don't let it limit you do what you do what you want to with life within reason uh and try not to let fear hold you back uh, but i had fun researching this and everything hopefully you guys had fun learning a little bit more about me and fear in general and that kind of fun stuff Uh, I think that's where I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, If you guys enjoy the show, if you would, leave it a rating. I haven't been asking for people to do that as of recently, but if you enjoy it, leave it a rating. Let people know that you enjoy it. Tell someone about it. Uh, Recommend that they listen to it. Uh, All that will really help me out, and I will appreciate it. Uh, And if you want to follow me on any one of my social medias, uh, you can go to my website, bhoodpodcast.com. That's definitely a place where you can see all my stuff. Or you can follow me at DuhRealBeeHood on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm on all those things. Uh, I really do appreciate you guys coming out and listening to the podcast again. Uh, I hope that you come back and listen many more times. And then I can just keep doing this and it grows and it'll be fun. Um, But until next time, above all else, just be you.